Hi, everyone. Welcome to Double Feature um, with Cheryl and Angela. I'm your host, Cheryl. I'm your host, Angela. Um, and this, <laughs> this was a podcast we did in college um, for our last semester of senior year at Georgetown. Um, and it was supposed to have ended last April and Avengers Endgame was our last episode. Um, mm-hmm. But we decided since um, we were bored in quarantine and wanted to talk to each other regularly that we would start it over again. Um, So here we are. Um, And we're going to talk about uh, Malcolm X and Selma this week. Um, And that was uh, that was my choice um, because I wanted to talk about um, like everything going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and the history of the civil rights movement and all of that good stuff. Um, so yeah, so let's, uh, let's get into it. Um, Angela, what are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? Um, so I will say I watched Selma um, a couple weeks ago and I watched Malcolm X a little bit more recently. So uh, just for context, Malcolm X is a little bit more on my mind at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, my main takeaway now that I've watched both of them is that I just think that like the filmmaker really, really like shapes how these movies are. And I think that like for me, even though the, the, two films are rather similar in um, like stories. They're from like the same time period and about two very prominent figures um, in the civil rights movement in the 1960s. Um, The two movies to me could not be more further apart in style and in tone and in everything about just how the movie is made. And I think a lot of it can be attributed to Um, the two uh, directors who are behind these two movies. So Malcolm X is made by Spike uh, Lee and Selma is made by the lovely Miss Ava DuVernay, one of my favorites. Um, And I think uh, stylistically, I think they're both very fascinating films, Um, but just by just putting them side by side, I was just taken away by just how different they were, even though they were trying to tell like kind of similar rather like biographical stories about on one hand uh Malcolm X and on the other um Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah I totally agree with that I feel like they are two completely different movies um and also given that they were made like almost 30 years apart I think it makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense um and by two very different filmmakers um Yeah, so I watched Malcolm X first, and then I watched Selma. Um, And Malcolm X was so long. It's so long. (laughs) It's like three and a half hours long. It's been a while since I've watched a movie that long. It's insanely long. It does not need to be that long. I mean, I understand that it's like a prestige, um, you know, Oscar bait kind of drama, but like, oh my God, Spike Lee, why? Why was it three and a half hours long? Um, I, will, I will actually say though, like as someone, I've actually read um, Malcolm X's autobiography and the the entire story that Spike Lee tells in Malcolm X is almost like beat for beat exactly what happens in his autobiography. So I feel like maybe he was taking that into consideration and just really wanted to capture like not just the story of Malcolm X, but like 
the spirit of his story from his own perspective to some right yeah that does make sense um I also I've read parts of it I think um for a class that I took in college (laughs) and um it was yeah it was so long um so I I can understand why the movie would also be very long um but yeah I I I don't know I mean I feel like they're not only different in style but they're also different in I think just what they're trying to do. Like, I think Max is really just trying to tell the story of this one guy, um, his own personal development and personal growth. Um, and Selma's trying to tell a story of it, trying to tell the story of an entire movement um, and one kind of really important um, moment in that movement. So I feel like they're both, you know, they're not only different stylistically, but they're also just different in what they're trying to get across. Um, so I feel like very, um, I don't know, I feel like in Malcolm X, it really shows his development and shows him, like why he believes all of the things that he does. And I feel like that's definitely kind of not taken for granted in Selma, but I think the movie kind of assumes that you already know MLK's history and know yeah. why he believes all the things he believes. And I think yeah. Malcolm X takes more time to kind of um, parse that out for the audience. Yeah. And I think um, not to, you know, uh, I mean, they're two very, very different movies, like you mentioned with two different, very distinct, I guess, like ways of telling the story. And I think um, to some degree, I think a little bit, that Selma actually does a disservice, if I dare say, to MLK in in that regard, because I feel like even as someone like me, who's, you know, taken all these courses in political theory and just like things like that, I actually don't feel like I understand the like genesis of MLK's like uh, beliefs because Selma doesn't actually like explain that very well to you. I think one thing that actually stood out to me a lot actually um, about Selma is that there's a very like fraught part of MLK's life that I've, I truthfully have never even realized was part of it. Um, His really strained relationship with his wife. And um, I think we can get into that a little later, but I think that has been a part that's been largely, I guess, whitewashed about about MLK's um, legacy just because it's not something that it's is, is very talked about these days. And I feel like very few people actually understand that there was this other side to him. Whereas I feel like MLK or not MLK. Um, I feel like Malcolm X was very unafraid to put all the nitty gritty dark sides of uh, Malcolm on the table. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I think that like maybe because of that, um, decision in his own like actual real life um, Mm -hmm. that like Spike Lee probably felt more comfortable like really really going yeah really delving deep into like all the terrible things that he has gotten involved in and like whatnot Um, and I feel like Selma you know does kind of mention um, MLK's infidelity but not really to the degree that um Malcolm X goes into um, Mm -hmm. Malcolm's history. So, 
Yeah. So I feel like that's definitely a good point. Um, but I also, I just feel like Selma like made me more emotional. I don't know why, but I just, I didn't feel like something about Malcolm X kind of made me feel very like, like it was just going through the motions of an Oscar movie, you know, like Mm -hmm. it just felt like a very typical, 90s Oscar bait drama to me um (laughs) like just I don't know and I don't know why I mean I think Denzel Washington does a great job I think he's very charismatic but it really does feel like I don't know like it was just made to win awards (laughs) um and I think Selma can feel like that as well but for some reason um it just feels more like powerful to me and I don't know why um that is necessarily but I think actually because because Malcolm X has one character that actually matters and everybody else is just kind of you know there um but I feel like every or not every character in Selma but so many characters in Selma really play a significant role like MLK does and um LBJ and um, Jimmy Lee Jackson, who dies in the rest or who's murdered in the restaurant by police. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it just felt like there was more of a cast of characters and that their lives were like, I don't know, they just felt more real, like the anguish of that felt more real to me. And I think that mm. Malcolm X um, or in Malcolm X, Denzel Washington is so like charismatic and so kind of you know, suave and cool and, and all that stuff. And it just sucks the oxygen out of the room. Like he's, he's so good that yeah, everyone else kind of falls to the wayside. Yeah. I mean, he's totally like, he's amazing in the role, but it also does feel like he's kind of like schmoozing his way to his Oscar nom, you know? Mm. Um, so that, I think that might've been the reason why I felt the difference in those two aspects of the films. Yeah, I, I had like a similar response, but almost like almost in a different direction. Like I appreciated that Selma was so like emotional at times because I think the film was trying to kind of elicit kind of empathy and sympathy from the audience where it, like it like I don't mean this in any any bad way. Like I really feel like Selma definitely had a very political agenda in that mm-hmm. its viewpoint was very much like look at the parallels between that time and now and it was mm-hmm. very like it's not afraid to um show those similarities whereas I think Malcolm X was very um cold at times in mm-hmm. how it portrayed a lot of um just the similar issues that were in Selma, like the the case of police brutality, rather than focusing in on like the like the victims of those who were uh, of police brutality in Malcolm X, it focused on Malcolm's um, like involvement in getting like the person who was uh, injured like out of out of the police uh, custody kind of. Um, wait, wait, to me. Which scene are you talking about in Malcolm X? It's the scene uh, where Malcolm is going, is like going to the police station and he's like, I am demanding that um, you let go this person who was like, yeah. unlawfully, uh, you know, held in custody. You, right. you, know, you beat him up and all that. And I think that part to me, like it, it didn't really show a lot of the more like 
parts that could have elicited more emotion it showed more like his stoicness and his control over the situation and how he had to maintain this like stature of stoicism because to be too emotional would have like kind of I don't know like it would have it would have um taken away from his um authority to some degree yeah yeah I totally agree with that because I think that Really, there's never a point in Malcolm X where the story is about anybody else except Malcolm X, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But it also does kind of take away from like the anguish and the pain of that man who was mm. the victim of police brutality in that moment. Um, oh, I do have a question for you. How, like, even though you said that you felt more, I guess, emotion from um, some of the scenes in Selma, how did you feel about some of the more like emotional scenes in Malcolm X where? For example, like the part where his, uh, I guess these Klansmen or these white supremacists come over to Malcolm's house when he's a child and like burns the place down. Oh, yes. Yeah, that definitely felt really sad. Like, I don't think, I mean, I definitely think that there are, you know, significant moments of pain in Malcolm X as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know, for some reason, it just didn't feel like that just also felt like part of the, the Oscar bait, like, element of the movie you know it just felt like okay there's this kind of tortured guy who is committing all these crimes and whatever and then he like has a come to jesus moment and or come to allah moment and um and then he and then he you know like cleans up his act and like gets married and has a kid and or has like a bunch of kids and then um you know does his thing so it i don't know i mean it just felt like yeah, I mean, it just felt, it kind of felt like, like, Forrest Gump, or I don't know, I can't oh, think no. of, oh, no, Forrest Gump, but like, <laughs> I love Forrest Gump, I do, but it just, it felt like, just kind of, I don't know, I really, I don't know how to put this into words, but it just felt like he was a guy who had some trouble in his past, and then he overcame that, and like, became a great man, um, and that, but isn't that know. like a very typical like hero story? Like yeah, who rises to the occasion. <laughs> it is, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like Malcolm X is that guy. Like I, I don't doubt that at all. But it does. I don't know. I think just the way that this movie was made, it just felt like that was all there is to it. You know, like he's just kind of the hero, and then he then he dies and becomes a martyr. And um, yeah. And so I felt like I've seen that story told many, many times before. Um, And yeah, I don't know why I brought Forrest Gump up, but (laughs) that's kind of what it reminded me of. Or no, it kind of reminds me almost of like Shawshank. I don't know. I haven't seen that. I can't can't comment on it. (laughs) But you haven't seen it. I haven't seen Shawshank. I haven't seen Schindler's List. There's there's a few really good ones out there that I have not seen. Wait, you haven't seen Shawshank or what? Schindler's List. Oh, I haven't seen Schindler's List either. <laughs> I feel maybe... like I put them in on the same like level, which is why I mentioned both of them. Like, yeah, yeah. They're two great films that I have not seen. I mean, I feel like it could be sh- like Malcolm X could also be Schindler's List. You know, like it's just about a guy who is great. And he's also kind of tortured and 
that's it. Um, and this guy I mean, happens. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. This, yeah, this movie happens to be about Malcolm X, but like, could it be about any guy? I just kind of felt like it could. I don't been. think so. <laughs> I don't think so, Cheryl. I mean, okay, oh not like, agree to disagree. Uh, okay. But, <laughs> I'm definitely not saying that he like Malcolm X is just an every man like mm-hmm. he's just a regular guy but I feel like he's the average guy in a 90s Oscar bait drama like it's just I just feel like I've seen so many movies about this guy who is like the hero and then he's a little tortured and then he like does some really great things in the world and that's it um mm. yeah I don't know. That was a really long tirade. So you see the thing now. <laughs> not exactly a tirade, I wouldn't say. Okay, maybe not a tirade. tirade. Yeah. Um, I I just think that like for me, it's just I I I understand how you can see it as very typical of like a like the uh, you know the Oscar Beatty movies of the nineties, but I think it's almost as if like. to me it's almost like it happens to be like a very happy coincidence that like Malcolm X's life happens to follow the typical Oscar bait story (laughs) like it it's almost more like that to me like yeah um because because this is probably the closest version of a biopic you could get without it being like a documentary I feel like to some degree yeah um and it it really tells like his full life story from literally when he was a child to when when until up until the point he was murdered, and I think I don't know I um, to me like I found the story to be incredibly fascinating even though it was three and a half hours long. Uh, I don't know if it needed to be three and a half hours long, but um, <laughs> I. <laughs> I think that, like, for me, I saw this film less so as, like, the typical, you know, Oscar Beatty movie and more as a very artistic take on what would otherwise have been, like, a very rote, like, biopic. Like, I think this movie could have easily been more documentary-esque and less artistic, but Mm. I think with a... Uh, with a filmmaker like Spike Lee helming it I think you really got to see like Lee's style and how that kind of elevates um, Malcolm's story into something that's not just like a typical documentary about his life but also kind of visually represents a lot of the ideas and visually like juxtaposes a lot of um, these political ideas that Malcolm X has which to me is like the ultimate thing that I love I love it when art is able to like represent things that are a little bit harder to like articulate or Mm. um you know show to some degree over just typical dialogue and I think yeah one of the merits of this film is that Spike Lee is so good at using the visual medium to actually carry out Malcolm's vision to some degree yeah and I feel like you really feel like the the one thing that actually stood out to me the most is how the first part of the film when Malcolm's like in his I guess late teens early 20s ish and he's kind of like this kind of like a hustler kind of character Mm -hmm. it felt very much like like a like almost like a detective like oh yeah like a noir yeah yeah it was very like atmospheric and like there was all this like neon jazz playing in the background and it was just very like 
you really got a sense of like who he was and the jazz element of all of that I think just like kind of shows you like he wasn't just a hustler like there was a little bit of romanticism um behind his character and I don't know I just found that kind of thing like to it, that to me stood out more than the fact that it was just like a rote story perhaps about yeah. a man struggling who ultimately became something greater yeah yeah that's true I do think that the artistic elements of this movie um definitely do make it stand out a little bit from the crowd um but yeah I don't know I mean I guess we'll just have to disagree on that one <laughs> yeah I guess we will but that's the beauty of cinema everybody has yes. a different opinion on it and it's yes I agree. amazing I wanted to talk uh, about um, the wives because both of them wives, have, yes. <laughs> because I think both of them have um, fairly minor but interesting roles to play in both of these movies. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, what did you think of of um, Betty Shabazz? I think and mm-hmm. Coretta Scott King. Yeah. Those yeah. Are so I think the characters themselves were I think they actually played like a larger role I think in the story which is um which is a little more than I I guess I would have expected uh to some degree because I think it's so easy for like women especially like the romantic interest or like you know the wives to kind of just fall into the background uh, um when the when the main story is about a very prominent very like iconic male figure um and I think to some degree I think it was really interesting how they both actually played a larger role in kind of humanizing both of these characters um and I I would say yeah to to a degree that you wouldn't typically see these two people like Malcolm and MLK uh in in their public spheres and I think the wives do a lot to kind of unpack like unpack who these men were like on a private sphere and also um like who they who they wanted to be and who they like really tried to be when the cameras when the media wasn't focused on them yeah yeah I think that makes sense um I totally agree that they do humanize both of their husbands um but I just I kind of find it unfortunate that they're both like both of their roles in the civil rights movement, both of their like kind of identities as black women mm-hmm. are really subjugated to their husbands. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I find it like, I think that Coretta Scott King in Selma, I think her role in that film is just to kind of show you that MLK is not, perfect um Mm -hmm. and really like her entire character is about him um and I feel the same way about Betty um in Malcolm X I find that she is really worried about her husband's safety and is Mm -hmm. trying to you know convince him that something is actually going wrong that you know people in the nation of Islam are kind of are out to get him and he should trust them right yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, she, yeah. she turns out to be right. Um, but I I don't know. I feel like that was also her main role in Malcolm X. Like, it was just to mm-hmm. kind of warn him about his own career and his own safety. Um, yeah. 
And so I've, yeah, I just think that both of those, and actually it struck me when I was watching Selma that, um, Coretta and Betty both get um, phone calls at their houses from like people who want to kill their husbands, and yeah. like it's MC. It's, it's yeah. I yeah. I totally get what you're talking about. Like it, it's so sad to me that like that is the the role that they get to play basically in both of their husbands' lives. But I think that's. I mean, I don't. I don't know if we can fault once again fault the movie for doing this because I think this was kind of like the legacy and also kind of the reality of of their of these women's lives like it was like so much attention was on their husbands that they could only offer they could only be like I don't know I it feels like they could only be someone who offered support and um act as a console to their husbands in their private moments and I think maybe that just is a greater like indicator of just what it's like to be I guess enamored with someone who is so in the center of the spotlight and Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how um stories like this could have been like elevated or changed like by giving these women like more agency I I don't know I don't know. Yeah. I do think though that Selma does a good job of um, painting Coretta in kind of a tragic light. Like you really Mm. feel for her when she's really do. Yeah. yeah, When she is um, she and MLK are both like in their living room and they're listening to um, I think a like a voicemail or I don't even know if they had voicemail in the 60s probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, yeah so I think they're just like listening to a phone call um and it's supposed to be of him like having sex with someone who is not her and um and it's just like really humiliating um and sad and I think and then later on in that scene she asks um do you love me and he says yes I love you and then uh she asks do you love the others and he waits for a really long time and then he says no and it's just like oh god like I can't believe like she had to put up with this you know and like was strong enough to put up with it yeah it's it's so I guess yeah you really feel for her and she is such a tragic character because you know that like to some degree like that's like there was so much holding her back it wasn't just the typical you know um husband wife dynamic of the husband cheating on the wife and like the wife having to deal with it like it was a whole entire structure built up on the idea that MLK was you know the great the great civil rights leader who is going to herald like all these um herald the who's going to be championing the the movement who's going to be championing the causes of all these black Americans and she couldn't tarnish his legacy she couldn't tarnish tarnish his reputation Mm -hmm. even though she was struggling with all these deeply deeply human and I don't know, like very tragic insecurities deep down because of mm-hmm. his actions towards her. Mm-hmm. And 
it's it is very tragic it is it is very um deeply I think upsetting to some degree yeah 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 definitely um so what what other thoughts did you have on Selma in general because we have we've talked a lot about Malcolm X but we haven't talked we have Selma um so I think Selma is like a very interesting um way to look at like um kind of the MLK side of this the civil rights movement um I think I think I think well I I argued that Malcolm X was very like very much like an artistic film and I think it did what it could with the source material whereas I feel like Ava DuVernay could have probably um I don't I I actually don't know I I'm at a little bit of a loss when it comes to this film because to me I really liked it I really really liked it I really liked how it was put together I really liked the story I really liked the acting um but for me it didn't give me that kind of gut punch feeling that I got when I watched certain portions of um Malcolm X and I to be honest I don't really know why that is I is it the lack of like I don't know I don't know like there's something about it that feels to me not that it's like a very rote story or anything like that it just feels um a little emptier perhaps because it's more it I guess it was hard for me to latch on to one particular character because um, we weren't given a lot of time with any of the characters, with the exception of um, Lakeith Stanfield's character, the one who is, oh. who, um, is killed by yeah, Jimmy Jackson. Jimmy, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I really, like, that was the one moment that really stood out to me. And other than that, it felt very much just like a very good retelling of of like an of like a moment in time of like a, a, a small period of time. And yeah. I think that's why I don't feel like there's much for me to say about it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Uh, what are what are some other thoughts you have about it? I loved it. I definitely felt the gut punch. <laughs> um, I- I watched it um, pretty late, at least pretty late for me. I was, it was like, I don't know, maybe one or two in the morning when I was watching oh, this. Wow. And, um, and when Lakeith Stanfield's character died, I was sobbing. Oh, oh my God, no. I was sobbing. I mean, like, you know, it's not that hard to get me to cry in a movie, but um, oh. it was, it was <laughs> so sad. Um mm. And, uh, and then when they go to visit, um, his grandfather who is like waiting at the morgue or something, um, I, I literally didn't know. like 90 years old. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know what he was saying because I was crying too hard. Like it was just, it was definitely a gut punch for me. Um, and I think just the way that that whole scene in the restaurant was shot, um, was just it was so good and also like kind of horrifying because I mean the scene is just so awful um Mm -hmm. but like when he gets shot and then you just like I don't know I I think everything kind of moves in slow motion for a few seconds and then you just Mm -hmm. see like his eyes oh my god he has such beautiful eyes and they were (laughs) I don't know I mean you just like oh I don't know it was so sad and it was so horrible 
Um, and he just looked so young in that moment. And uh, yeah, I just like, I really, really felt all of the emotions. I think that um, the movie wanted me to feel. So it was very sad. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think, um, I think, I mean, it is, you know, a pretty typical movie. Like, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, exceptionally, um, I don't know, like art- artistic or anything. Like, I don't feel like it's uh, like the filmmaking itself is super unique. Like, I feel like I've definitely seen this kind of movie before. Um, but I feel like it does do a good job of just like showing the tragedy of, of, and the horror of, uh, these people's lives that they had to like go through this and that you know when they are like beaten on the bridge and then when the pastor from Boston gets um gets murdered in the streets like I mean I just felt like they were inter like this whole movie was interspersed with so much kind of like tragedy that was so common you know and like all of these things actually did happen and you know like all of these things all of these people really did die um and that really kind of uh yeah that really got me um I I will say now that I think in juxtaposing Malcolm X and Selma together I think I appreciate Selma a little bit more actually now that I'm thinking about it in hindsight like yes um, I don't know. I guess I have to retract my statement about Selma not having that kind of gut punch because you like y- the scene that you're talking about with Lakeith like that definitely like tore me apart as mm-hmm. with one of the earliest scenes in Selma where these like little girls are walking down oh. a, a church and then you just see them having a random conversation and you're like following along and all of a sudden the entire house like blows up and you're just like mm-hmm. what is happening like you're really taken you're really taken and like it's really in your face it you really can't look away from it and I think like scenes like this really like I think shows like some of Ava's artistic sensibilities because um well the thing that was kind of I think missing maybe a little bit more from Malcolm X is that there isn't a sense of um like victimhood or being wronged if that makes sense which I think is very much in line with Malcolm's own political um ideas like he he wanted every man to be for himself he didn't want to be viewed as the victim he wanted to he, he he had this one quote in the movie where he was just like I I'm not a black supremacist I'm not wanting um white people to be beneath me it's just I want to fight for my own rights as a man and mm-hmm. I think in that that regard, the movie like really shows that because it doesn't really elicit any like it doesn't try to elicit empathy from the audience. Whereas, on the other hand, if you think about it, like Selma is very um, kind of artistically in line with MLK's political ideas because yeah. he wanted to sh- showcase the victimhood, like showcase how much wrong was happening, all the wrongdoings that was happening to Black Americans, and I think. To that degree, it is very, I guess, artistic in that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really pick up on that the first time, but now that we've, you know, like dissected a, it a little bit more, that's kind of where my mind is drawn towards. 
Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. Um, I definitely didn't think about it like that either, but I totally agree. I feel like the artistic vision of both Spike Lee and Ava DuVernay um, definitely align with the people that they are making movies about, um, which is really interesting. Yeah, Um, I think to that degree, then I think they both did a wonderful job then. Mm-hmm. Um, or they paired the right filmmakers with the right, I guess, subject matter. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Okay, white people. So um, I think we should also make it clear that neither Angela or I are white people. Um, we are I both yes. Asian American. Yes, we should. <laughs> um, specifically Indian. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, um, I think we definitely can... I mean, we have, like, experiences as people of color, but not as Black Americans, and that's, like, a completely different experience. Um, But, yeah, I think that um, the white people in Malcolm X, I think there's actually a scene in that movie where um, someone's talking to Malcolm and is like, have you ever met, like, a good white person before? Oh, my gosh. All of the... the, um, faces of white people that he has interacted with in the past um kind of show up on screen really in like really quick succession um and they're all just like terrible to him I mean everyone from the girlfriend to the judge yeah Sophia to the judge who sentences him to the people who um burn down his house when he's a child like all of these things um I mean, they're definitely portrayed. There is no kind of like, we're all in this together and we're all trying to, you know, like. There's no like allies, basically. Yeah, there's no allies. Um, But in Selma, I think the um, portrayal of uh, white people is very, is like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's more nuanced. Um, Mm -hmm. Like there are definitely some super evil white people like, um, what was that guy's name? The um the governor of Alabama. I don't oh, even remember his I name. Don't remember the one played by Tim Roth. I think is that the guy. Yeah, I think so. So whatever he, the super evil Alabama governor. Um. Yes. Is is. We- yeah, I mean he's like obviously terrible, and then there are a bunch of sheriffs um who are also incredibly terrible um yep. but there's also like lbj who is very kind of like politically aware and he's not really he's not either on the side of mlk or on the side of the white supremacists like he's just, he's just kind a of shrewd like, politician yeah he's literally just a shrewd politician um and i think that the movie is very upfront with that and doesn't mm. kind of either try to romanticize that or condemn it very much mm-hmm. um like kind very of... very lined with mlk's and malcolm x's own political philosophies yeah yeah yes uh, yeah totally um so I, and then of course there are like white people who are portrayed as very good people um like the the pastor from boston who um gets killed in the uh like outside the restaurant or whatever um, and then there's also, um, at the end of the movie, there's a woman, I can't remember her name, but, um, she was a white woman who, um, was at, was present at, um, the marches in Selma and, um, and she, 
like she has uh i don't even know what you call them but there's like some some script um describing what happens to each of these kind of main characters um after the end of the movie and um her little script at the bottom of the screen says that she was killed five hours after mlk's speech um like driving protesters back home or something like that um and yeah and so like there's definitely like a whole spectrum of of white people in um in selma which there is definitely not in malcolm x um yeah. Which I I think it's so interesting in Malcolm X. I remember this moment so vividly. There's like, I think Malcolm just finished giving a speech, and then there's a young like I, looks like kind of like a college age white woman like going up to him, and it's just like, oh, oh wow. I am I am a white woman who has I feel no prejudice towards you know black people. Like, what do you think I could do? And he very like blatantly just tells her nothing. There's nothing you could do to help with our cause because the cause requires you know um black people to stand up for themselves and there's no there's like no room for allyship almost so i guess we picked these two films malcolm x and selma in the wake of these um this recent wave of i think uh black lives matter and um i don't know like when when i first picked these movies i guess it was very much at the height of it and I think I don't know I, I there's still so many parallels to this day I mean mm-hmm. what can we say like there's still um especially towards the beginning of the protests and marches you really saw um the protesters being treated similarly to the way um I guess these uh pro-civil rights um leaders and advocates were being treated in the 1960s and it's just I guess it's a very harrowing experience and it's a little yeah a little like frightening to see that nothing much has still changed yeah no I totally agree um I think also having been in the American public education system there is this narrative that like after MLK and after the 60s like everything was was great (laughs) <laughs> we everybody got the equality because yeah and racism is over um yeah and that's and very I, much not the case yeah. as i mean like the, the thing that you said at the beginning which i didn't realize until i actually looked at the dates is that these movies are made 30 years apart and selma is as relevant today as it was when it was made and so was malcolm x and mm-hmm. i think it's very interesting that spike lee also released um, his new film, uh, The Five Bloods, I think, mm-hmm. on Netflix, um, yeah. which, you know, is also about the Black ex- experience, but also the Black experience as it connects to, like, the Vietnam War and, like, PTSD and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, I, um, I think that it's really scary and sad that, like, I, when I was watching Selma, I was like, literally, this is just, this is, like, this is happening right now. Um, this is happening. This is happening right outside. Yeah, this is happening yeah. right outside. Um, and it's incredibly frustrating to me um, that Black Americans like still have to face police brutality all the time, just in their everyday lives. Um, mm-hmm. And that like so many 
innocent black people die at the hands of police all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like these movies are super important because they just, I don't know. I mean, I think that they just kind of, um, I think that they open your eyes to the fact that not much has changed. Like, yeah, it's like things are like, there's a lot of progress that still needs to be made. Um, and I think that both movies are ultimately hopeful in, um, you know, in saying that we will be able to make this progress, but it is also, um, I think they're very kind of aware of the fact that the progress has yet to be made. Um, and that there's, there's still a lot of violence against black Americans by the police all the time. Um, um, yeah, so I, I don't know if that like was super eloquent or if that no, even, if that was like meaningful at all. But like, yeah, I mean, I think these these films do a good job, especially Selma, just in the fact that it was made at the time that it was made. Um, I just find that to be very kind of I feel like one of the purposes of this movie is to say like this isn't over like this is still this is ongoing um yeah yeah. and I feel like that's a really powerful element of that yeah I I completely agree with all of that and I I have to say though like in between me watching Malcolm X and Selma actually we were given you know three weeks to to basically watch these movies and in that time I also watched I happened to watch Gone with the Wind and The Help Oh wow! Um, okay. Two very, very different stories about, um, like stories that that I don't I don't even know how to describe it at this point. Just kind of they they portray blackness and portray like um, American history in such a like different way. Like it's so revisionist, and mm-hmm. I am grateful that they exist because they kind of show you the other side of basically what not to do. And I'm glad that movies like Malcolm X and Selma exist to kind of correct these um, false narratives to some degree and um, kind of act as a warning about like what kind of kinds of movies actually can be taken more literally as history and what movies are just kind of, you know, revisionist. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, The Help, I think, is more insidious. So I never watched the movie, but I read the book. Um, I have read Gone with the Wind and watched Gone with the Wind. Um, yeah. And I think that the, like, Gone with the Wind is very obvious in its kind of revision of history. Um, and it's racism. (laughs) Um, and I think that the help is more insidious because it kind of, it like claims to be about black people. Um, and it claims to be about like civil rights and about, um, kind of changing our perspectives and, and all of that kind of stuff. But it really is just a story about a white person. Um, yeah. Like the white person. Basically profiting off of these, yeah, the, the yes. stories of these um, black housekeepers, like it's, yeah, it's no, it's, it's ridiculous. Quite, it's quite ridiculous. Um, yeah, 
Um, but, that's, but that's why movies like Selma has to be made because yeah. we we need a continuation of these black stories and black voices and black yeah. creators to actually right the wrongs of uh, of past um, past films and past history. Like I think movies can really be made for good or evil, just like Birth of a Nation mm-hmm. could could have spurred this whole new narrative about the KKK and yeah. just like how Gone with the Wind can really change how people perceive of the south and the confederacy um yeah films have the power to go the opposite direction and do and you know make films for justice and you know yeah yeah there you go yeah which is a very hopeful wonderful thing um so i guess that's it for today um but it was lovely to talk to you angela as always um you too yeah and we're on opposite sides of the country but that's okay um we're getting through this quarantine with lots and lots of movies so all good um but yeah we will see everyone next time all right all right